The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. All right, welcome to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Russell McGee. This series of Old Space Show follows the semi-antastic adventures of Galen and his two astronaut pals, Alan and Peter, uh, as they wade their way through the futuristic Earth in the short-lived television version of Planet of the apes today we discuss the ninth episode the horse race alan agrees to erase a chimpanzee prefect's horse against orko's best horse in exchange for a condemned boy's freedom orko has never lost a race but of course as alan finds out orko doesn't play fair despite orko's treachery and cheating alan prevails in the end All right, this episode, our ninth episode here, is directed by Jack Sterrett, written by David P. Lewis and uh, Booker Bradshaw. Stars Roddy McDowell, Ron Harper, James Naughton, Mark Leonard, Morgan Woodward, John Hoyt, Richard Devon, and Harry Levin. Uh, We have Starrett here, um, the director. He directed Cleopatra Jones. He also directed Slaughter, so he's kind of in that black exploitation range here. Uh, Cleopatra Jones is like the ultimate uh, knockoff of like a Pam Greer movie, um, but she got a sequel while like none of Pam Greer, Pam Greer had just a, a vibe that went through a bunch of movies. She was the franchise, but Cleopatra Jones was a character. She got a sequel, Cleopatra Jones and the Casino of Gold. Uh, this guy directed the first one. He did Starsky and Hutch episodes, Hill Street Blues. He acted in Race with the Devil, Blazing Saddles, First Blood, The River, Knight Rider, Hunter, and A-Team. Uh, he's kind of a Western guy they brought, I believe, onto this one. So there's kind of a, a yeah. vibe here with that. Uh, Lewis, that one of the writers, um, he wrote for Columbo. Uh, he wrote the movie Death Ship. Bradshaw, who is the other writer, he wrote a lot with Ruiz. Uh, Ruiz. Lewis. Uh, and he acted in The Girl from Uncle, the TV show Tarzan. He uh, was in Star Trek, Dr. Mbanga in That Which Survives and A Private Little War. Uh, he was in the FBI Coffee, another connection here with the black exploitation movies. Uh, voice, and he did voices on Alvin and the Chipmunks and a show I don't remember, a cartoon called The Laser Tag Academy. You say that, and now I'm like, I actually do remember. Like, I don't. I I looked it up, and I was like, this looks rad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was Uh, a lot of shows like that, dude, that came out in the '80s. Like, you had like Captain N and all mm -hmm. that. But yeah, would you remember like the Canadian show Captain Power, where you like shot at the screen and stuff? It had like a reflective thing, and he had this gold costume. That one I don't remember. Okay, someday (laughs) maybe old space show Captain Power will come to light. 
see if oh, that holds up. I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Woodward, he was the, the guest star in this one. He was Boss Godfrey in Cool Hand Luke, the guy with the big aviator shades. He's in this movie. Uh, he was on the Lucy show. He was in Star Trek in episodes The Omega Glory and Dagger of the Mind. He did the he did the Western Circuit, Kung Fu. Uh, he had a recurring character on Hill Street Blues. Uh, he's on Dukes of Hazard, A Team Fall Guy. Uh, he played Punk Anderson on Dallas. He was in Days of Our Lives, uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., uh, the show Renegade with Lorenzo Lamas, uh, The X Files, and Millennium. He got to do both of those. So this guy's had himself a career probably based off the success of Cool Hand Luke, a lot of it, because, like, oh, we got the Shades guy. And that'll last you for a good, good long time. Um, oh, he did Walking Tall movies. Oh, the Logan's Run TV show. That, yeah, he was in that too. Oh. Um, but yeah, he's he, pretty big guest star here, to be honest with you. Uh, then, and we, and we have like a lot of Hill Street Blues connections coming on too. Uh, Hoyt here, another guest star. He previously was in The Gladiators. Uh, he was in the movie Spartacus, Brute Force, Hogan's Heroes, Get Smart, The Monkeys, uh, Daniel Boone. He was in The Cage episode of star trek the cage that's a that's uh, yeah, a big classic. one yeah. beverly hillbillies the monsters outer limits hitchcock hour i just like saying tv titles that make me giddy uh he was in x the man with x-ray eyes that oh, old school yeah. yeah yeah uh two episodes of twilight zone and the thin man like dang uh and then lastly our other guest star devin did voices for the ewoks cartoon uh, was played Rika in Magnum Force, did three episodes of Mission Impossible, was on the FBI, Mannix, Virginian, Lancer, another Get Smart alumni here, Monkeys, Perry Mason, Fugitive, Twilight Zone, the original 310 to Yuma, and Dragnet. Dragnet gets to show up here. So, yeah, pretty stacked little episode here. Like, they were maybe going for something a little bigger or thought with all the horse, actual horse racing in this that they needed to up the production value guest star and um, director wise, I think. Well, you, and you brought up Hoyt. The, the thing that was cool here is we had a um, secondhand character uh, that came back from gladiators. Yeah. 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 So the prefect from gladiators is, is now the prefect in this area where we're coming to with the horse race mm-hmm. because he's been reassigned. Yeah, uh, and I, I think I, I want to put the, the direction on this one does stand out from the others we've seen a bit. Uh, there's some camera movements, angles, uh, and lighting that feels bigger than the other episodes and feels there's just some movie-like things. There's some like naturally lit interior scenes with candlelight and things that really make this feel different and a bit more prestige than normal in times. Yes, there's a lot that feels like TV, uh, you're not going to get away from that, but there's plenty of it that feels elevated from what we've seen before. No, but this is also during that time where everything was shot on film too, which right, yeah. If if they ever were to release this on Blu-ray, it definitely would have that quality, right? And you'd probably see more of like what you're describing in what we would see in a, a better transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that like. I, I read up on this is that he not only was he a Western director, but like he interjected more comedy into this episode in particular, which was mm-hmm. a completely different like way of going with the episodes than we'd seen. Right. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's just there's good close-ups in this as well. I was noticed I was noticing a lot more technical stuff in this one than others a little bit. Uh but not so much noticing as much more, but the the free the the frequency with which the craft was being utilized um seemed a bit more consistent um uh, throughout. Um we had uh it's kind of interesting. Uh these guys just kind of stick themselves out here in this scenario that happens here like real names no disguises no backstories that are you know galen everybody no. just kind of go all in uh and it, it's weird but i guess there's no way to get out like these pictures the apes have a very primitive tech so if they go to a far enough away village word if it had traveled their descriptions are probably generic and galen can be like oh i'm some other ape you know Kind of, yeah, just kind of interesting. But when they do get to the horse race, he just cover himself in mud because Urko shows up and they're like, okay, he knows who we are. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. And we see the, a little more of this over the next couple episodes. Uh, Urko's character ends up being more of the, the butt of the jokes. As far yeah. As like mm-hmm. over the next couple episodes, is like he's not as like, a menace as he was early on because of the way that they're reframing the character. Um, and it's interesting, like what they're doing with the politics, as far as the horse racing with him here and that mm-hmm. he's like trying to actually uh, make a profit outside of like ape city by doing this whole like right. horse racing ring on the side, racing thing on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, Urko kind of becoming a joke. It's kind of, much like Spike and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where he was the most terrifying person in the world, but you can't make him that terrifying again. So what you do is to to show the power of the next big villain or something like that. You got to take him down a bit more, and the, the comedic approach kind of works there. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a whole dynamic, and you know, having been through as much as we have when we're talking about this episode, Russell and I are a bit further further down in this recording block. Um, so wonder where it could have gone with Urko. Um, yeah, because yeah. he's far more than they're giving him. Starting to give him far more stuff to do than just be this brute that shows up and chases him every episode. There's a purpose with it each time, or a dimension added uh, to his to his appearances. Well, and that's yeah, that that goes into what I was saying as far as like he has more to his character yeah. as far as him running the horse racing mm-hmm. gambling thing on the side to profit by it. Um, he, he, and we also talked about this in the last two episodes, I think it, it really feels Brandon, like things are finally like taken off and I, it's, yeah. it's sad that it took this long to get to the point where like the show is really starting to fire on all cylinders right. and work. Like, I don't even think of the ones where we're at right now that this is even one of the best of those, but it's still better than what was before. Like if this is like the generic whatever episode it's it's still pretty solid you know well, but this still builds on um like what ron harper's character had done earlier as far as we've established he's a farmer mm-hmm. we've established things about him and how he has like relationships with his family and everything and they build on that in that he's he is an able horseman and so he knows how to handle a horse has known right. that since age seven is what they establish here. And like, so that's, that's how he's able to jump in and help as far as trying to save the, what is it? The, the um, blacksmith's son. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a son that's captured here and it's like, ah, we're going to kill him and then they get involved in the race. Um, and, uh, well, and the whole reason yeah. he gets captured in the first place is he's actually trying to save Galen's life. Right. Because, like, humans aren't supposed to ride on horses at all. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he has to, like, there's what they said because of scorpion bite, he would have had nine minutes or something to live. So, like, he had to literally race into town to get the antidote so Galen yeah. would actually be able to live. Right. And Alan's like, I'm going to ride. You know, Alan jumps into ride to challenge and he doesn't challenge Urko at first, right? It's supposed to be a different one. And then they step in. But it's funny to watch the preparation too for this because the humans are like making horseshoes, doing all this. And the, the apes are just setting up traps out in the, yeah. the concourse. It's like a different approach to each to guarantee it. Because, um, yeah. But the, and the father becomes traitorous to help Urko to just guarantee his son's safety. Well, yeah, but there's also the, the twist that he overhears right. Urko and his men saying that they're going to still kill Verdon when he comes across the finish line, yep. no matter what. Right. If the human is winning, kill him before he reaches the finish line. If the human is losing, kill him after he reaches the finish line. I love racing. <laughs> I wrote that whole one. I was like, that's pretty good, Urko. <laughs> that's pretty good, dude. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they well the big horse race man. It has some really nice race coverage and editing here, like surprising for the show. Like this, I don't know if I would say like big movie quality, but there's a lot of movies in the '70s that couldn't do this because this is the point. The '70s have a lot of movies that look like TV too. That's kind of a like mm. your your vanilla movies like just as stale as like TV. Like you'd rather be watching a TV movie than watching some some of the the bad stuff from the '70s. Like there's no. Because, like you said, they both use film, um, but they were both kind of using them to similar effect at the time. Um, but yeah, this pretty impressive horse stuff that I wouldn't have expected from this show. Like, yeah, but and you kind of like went off on this a little bit is that it's it's funny because so many of the actors at this time mm-hmm. knew how to ride horseback and were trained for that. Oh yeah, because they're the all Westerns. doing Bonanza, yeah. the, the yeah. Virginian, all those shows. Like you got to know that's like dancing, you know, yeah. like for the yeah. stage. If you're on the stage, yeah, sing, dance, act. Got to know them all three. Here you had to like ride a horse. Like that was. Yeah, yeah, no, and Ron Ron Harper talked about that again doing my homework, and that he like really enjoyed. This was one of his favorite episodes because yep. of the horse yeah. racing. And uh, he said that he talked with the stunt double because like he did all of his his the horse riding for himself, but he talked to the stunt double mm-hmm. that was riding against him, and he was like, "What? You're you're really good. How? Why are you so good?" And the the stunt double for the eight turned around, and basically said. It's my bag, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Imagine the turn where it's like, what do you mean you don't know how to ride a horse? And you call yourself an actor? <laughs> right. Like, oh, my. There's, I mean, this episode gets really nuts at the end. There's like, Peter goes to freeze a kid and he does like a jump kick. I was like, oh, yeah, he does. That was, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, I mean, it gets it gets pretty nuts towards the end with the the confrontation of what was going to be Alan winning the freedom, you know, uh, and that fight, get the kid back. But you know, winds up and everybody just frolicking the field now, friends, as they leave when they do it. But um, yeah, I so, mean, 
What'd you say? I was going to say, you said something about getting the kid back. Something that I forgot about until you just mentioned that with the drop kick is there was another little turn as far as Urkel's, Urko's deviousness mm-hmm. and that he said, what do humans do whenever like, you know, they are let go, they run. Right. And so you can shoot them essentially is what he's setting up for the end. And so the son, like when they go and the guard, actually watching him opens up the gate and the son knows something's up because like he's telling him that mm-hmm. he's released and free. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't know this one. It's just, even though it's not great, it's paced really well. Yeah. Like there's not much to this episode, but it, it moves. Something's happening. The, the dialogue is pretty snappy with each other uh, direct and yeah. It's just fun. It, yeah. You're right. There's not much to it, but it's a fun episode just to watch because the horse racing, the camera angles and lighting, mm-hmm. as you said, it's, it's got a lot going for it. Right. I mean, this should be ideally like, and I don't mean it as a dog on the episode, but this should be your, the worst of the worst, you know, like this should be the lowest quality of the show right here, right here, but it's not, it's one of the higher quality ones of if we put it all together so far but this should be the bar of like just rando screw off episode that you know it's fun like you and you i i'm a fan of you needing to have those episodes there's a lot of character that can happen like yeah i always point to you know lost the one where hurley makes a golf course out of the island you know nothing big happens in that episode but it's got a lot of fun character stuff um that might have been the numbers one though where everybody's like addicted to his flashback but on the island they just were making a golf course and stuff like you need to have those sometimes. That's what you, you lose. Do. That's what you lose when you strictly serialize things or uh, can cut some episode things down. But they, I mean, at least sometimes we get the calm before the storm episodes that that are good, like the fly breaking bad. Um, but, you know, the a lot of the Netflix shows use those as flashback. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's every like penultimate or second or third to last episode of a Netflix show will be a flashback to the bad guy, to something like it's always a flashback. Uh, I, I The worst for me is I love Stargate, but like those friggin' recap episodes, it just, I cringe every mm. time I go and revisit. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, that, that's the horse race here. Um, but now it's time to take our stinking paws off this damn dirty episode. Russell, thank you as always. Uh, Till next time, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can find me through Indiana Public Media, where I work as the on-air promotions producer for WTIU and WFIU, or more for sci-fi geekery. Uh, I am a sound designer and sometimes writer for Big Finish and their uh, specifically Gallifrey series. And we've got a new series coming up, Gallifrey War Room, so check it out. All right. Hashtag it's a chimp by a nose. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon 4KUHD. Written work at whysoblue.com. Uh, come see me at PopCon this weekend. Uh, I'll be there. My show is at 2 p.m. on Saturday with Jessica Allsman. We'll be having some fun. Come see us. Uh, there's more from the show this week, including a music video episode with Jessica on Friday, where you hear more about us being PopCon. Uh, but from Old Space... It's a madhouse! Thank you for listening. 
The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.